Chapter 40, Family Matters I'm going in for surgery next week, my mother said. The doctors found a 15-centimeter long cyst on my ovary and another smaller one on my kidney. I listened in stunned silence. We were in Alexandropolis, a stone's throw away to the Turkish border, having traversed the towns of Paralia, Cariani, Kavala, Xanthi, and Komotini. The doctors think there's less than a 10% chance as cancer, she continued. They're doing tests to see if my heart can survive the operation. My mother rarely asked me to come home, but there were occasions when I sensed her fear and did so anyways. I never felt my presence was needed or that it added anything since it was my younger sister Sue, by default the doctor and the family, who facilitated all medical necessities. This time, however, I heard my mother's silent plea for me to return. I explained the situation to a sympathetic Alberto who urged me to go. My parents were thrilled with the news, but I couldn't help but feel that I had made this decision primarily to please them. After all, I had gone to Lebanon to see my aunt. How could I do any less with my mother? I wanted to tell her that I would be meditating for her, as I had done on other occasions, but would not physically be there. I also wanted Alberto to join me, but knew that my still traditional family would never accept into our home a man who was not my husband. I felt like a coward, driven by guilt and obligation, the flight tickets in my hand confirmation of that cowardice. For the second time during my pilgrimage, I boarded a plane that separated me from Alberto and my walk for peace to be with my family. As I boarded that plane on June 16, 2002, I hoped that all that I was leaving behind would still be waiting for me. Four connections later, I arrived in Ottawa, Canada, overwhelmed with exhaustion. My father greeted me at the airport, looking older and more haggard than I remember, but certainly pleased to see me. Beyond the basic details of my flight, my health, and my mother's condition, we drove in silence. And I was grateful for that. It was my first time home in over 18 months, and I needed time to adjust to this reality. Everything was so clean and orderly. Cars drove in their designated lanes and obeyed traffic laws. Pedestrians crossed at green traffic lights or at crosswalks. I understood every road sign I saw and conversation I heard. I had spent six months trying to communicate in languages I had never heard before and now felt overwhelmed at being able to understand everything. The bombardment of my senses continued the following day. The road, the houses, the neighborhoods all looked familiar, but at the same time, foreign. I felt nauseous and disoriented, and stopped several times to heave, hoping that whatever was happening would pass quickly. My mother sat in her hospital bed, her eyes closed, her lips curved in a slight smile. Despite her ill health, my mother's face looked young and belied her 60 years. I was relieved to see that she had no tubes or devices strapped to her. At the sound of my cheery, good morning, She turned towards my voice and reached her arms out to me. I hugged her tightly. So tell me about Alberto, were the first words that came out of her mouth.
chuckling, I sat on the edge of her bed and recounted how we had met and how our relationship had recently evolved and was still developing. Her questions were direct, but sincere, as were my answers, and she only stopped when she was satisfied that she had the entire story. We spent that day and the days that followed speaking about my pilgrimage and the people and experiences that had forever changed my way of thinking. The hospital room became the meeting place for people I hadn't seen in years. Cousins, aunts, relatives, and friends all stopped in to wish my mother well. Many knew that I was walking and wanted to know the countries I had visited, but rarely seemed interested in knowing my real intentions for walking. Even when I tried to explain, I still had the impression they thought I was on a grand adventure. I also perceived the hidden judgments in some comments and how these individuals believed themselves to be the responsible ones while I was running away from responsibility. But perhaps, more truthfully, they were only reflecting my deepest concerns, but it only served to isolate me even further from them. My mother's surgery went well, and the doctors removed the cysts without any complications to her heart. I meditated that entire time. She was out of intensive care almost immediately, and back in her hospital room. I asked if she would like me to do some healing with her. I didn't know how she would respond and feared she would think it was too far removed from the practical medical surroundings that she was in. But to my great surprise, she said, what do I have to do? Just relax and be open to receiving it. That's all, I responded, delighted by her desire to actively participate. I explained that I would be envisioning her body enveloped in a light that was so loving and caring that it healed and strengthened everything on its way. Imagine that light yourself, I said, and feel it moving within your body. If you want, you can direct it to any part that you feel needs it. I'll just focus it with you. After a few deep breaths, I began to feel the familiar warmth flowing through me. I moved my tingling hands over her body, hovering them over her heart. My hands pulsated with energy, as if keeping rhythm with her heartbeat. My mother placed her hands first over her stomach area and then over her eyes, before resting them on my hands above her heart. I felt tremendously happy. I had helped my mother in her healing journey but more importantly, shared with her an emerging part of myself, a part that longed to express itself beyond the protective boundaries of my relationship with Alberto and declare its presence to the world. It took its first step that day. Alberto was never far from my mind, but in the hustle of all that was happening and the time difference, I couldn't call him. We emailed but I felt the edge in his words and the indirect accusations. I didn't know what would be waiting for me when I got back. My mother continued to recover quickly, amazing her doctors. However, two days before my scheduled departure, she began complaining of chest pains and difficulty breathing. She was readmitted into intensive care, where doctors discovered that her heart was not pumping efficiently and was filling her lungs with liquid. I did more healings with her, which she told me made her feel better, but her condition remained unchanged. 
my last day approached. I stood by her bedside, looking at her frail body. An oxygen mask covered her nose and mouth, while countless tubes stuck out of her arms. I centered myself as best as I could and did one last healing, holding her hands in mine. Mom, I have to go, I whispered in her ear. She nodded weakly. Be safe, she murmured. I hugged her, my tears mingling with hers, and rushed out of the room to my waiting family. My composure failing me, I hugged and kissed each in turn and saw their eyes as watery as mine. My father held on to me the longest and told me to be safe. I promised I would. I ran out of the hospital, blinded by my tears, and stepped outside into a fierce thunderstorm. The wind lashed the reins against my face and the thunder rumbled threateningly, the heavens themselves reflecting my inner turbulence and despair. My youngest sister, Lori, expertly negotiated the storm to the airport. We cried in the car and then hugged and cried some more when she dropped me off. I boarded my flight more drained than ever. Images of my mother burned into my memory, augmenting feelings of guilt that no amount of reasoning could assuage. 24 hours later, I was back to my other reality and to Alberto. They had both waited for me. I rushed into his waiting arms and stayed there, craving safe haven from the raging storm I had just left behind and relieved to receive such a loving welcome. After a 17-day hiatus from our walk for peace, Alberto and I took our first steps out of Alexandropolis for the remaining 40 kilometers to the Turkish border. Another month had ended, but what a month! The gifts that Greece offered were many, but she had surprised me with the most unexpected, one that had been walking alongside me the whole time. I will forever associate Greece with this new love that I found. Thank you, Greece. Ifaristo.